Mac Jones needs to step up his game, and no one knows that better than him. But he's far from being the New England Patriots' only problem. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on Twitter, on X, on the Bird app at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And don't forget, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code, all lowercase, LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And Pats fans, thank you for joining me here today on Locked On Patriots. As always, a special shout out to all of you everydayers out there, all of you Locked On loyalists that make this show possible. My unending appreciation to you. I'm always honored. I'm always humbled by all of your support. And of course, today, folks, it's time to turn the page because it is Wednesday. That means we take our leave of the Miami Dolphins and we focus on the J-E-T-S New York Jets and a week three matchup this Sunday at 1 p.m. MetLife Stadium, East Rutherford, New Jersey. But we're not about to turn the page just yet until we take one last look at the Finns, especially from the perspective of quarterback Mac Jones, who's coming under a lot of fire from a lot of sections of local national media and, of course, a big part of the fan base. There's no question that Mac needs to step his game up a little bit. He'd be the first to tell you that, and he's done so so far for the past two days. However, to lay all of the blame at his doorstep is a little irresponsible. And here today to lend some reason to that opinion is a gentleman who knows a thing or two about being a voice of reason. That's right. Steve Balistrieri of PatsFans.com. He's going to pop in here in just a moment, and we're going to discuss Mac Jones and that slice of blame pie that's being passed all around the New England Patriots table right now. We're also going to take our final look at the Dolphins game, and we're going to take an early look at the New York Jets. So stay locked in, folks. You are not going to want to miss that. But As always, on Wednesday, the Patriots issued their first injury and practice participation report. And some of the highlights from Wednesday's report include the return of Trent Brown and City So. Both offensive linemen spent last week on the sidelines. Both were in concussion protocol. Both were back out on the field today. They were limited participants, but seeing them back out there, definitely an encouraging sign for your New England Patriots. And, of course, cornerback Jonathan Jones was also back in practice. He was a limited participant, but bottom line, folks, it's a good sign to see Jonathan out there. Patriots are definitely going to need him in the secondary against a potent stable of pass catchers of the New York Jets. And, of course, there were a couple of notable absences for the New England Patriots, one for a good reason, one maybe not so much. We'll reverse the trend today, and we'll start with the good news, and that is defensive tackle Devon Godchow missed Wednesday's practice 
but he did so because both he and his fiance welcomed a new baby into the world on Tuesday. He was out on paternity leave. Congratulations to Devin and his fiance. Definitely wish your child all the health and happiness in the world. But there was another notable absence, and this one is worth monitoring, folks. Marcus Jones, who don't forget, suffered the shoulder injury against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night, not present on the field. And this could be a big one for the Patriots. Not only is Marcus a key part of that secondary, but he's also their primary punt and kick returner. And he's also a guy that can give you a gadget play here and there on offense to spark it. Marcus's speed is some of the best on the team, and they're definitely going to miss him if he's not able to go. Keep a sharp eye on Thursday's report. Might be telltale as to whether or not Marcus is going to miss significant. Might be telltale not only when it comes to this Sunday's game against the Jets, but whether Marcus might be in line to miss significant time. Folks, it's never a dull moment in Foxborough, and in just a moment, my good friend Steve Balistrieri of PatsFans.com going to pop in here, and we're going to discuss Mac Jones, the Miami Dolphins, and we're going to take an early look at those J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Without further ado, I welcome my good friend, my Patriots Paisan, columnist extraordinaire of PatsFans.com, as well as the co-host of Patriots 4th and 2, another amazing Patriots podcast. If it's not in your rotation already, make sure it gets put there as soon as possible. My good friend, Steve Balistrieri, welcome back to the Locked On Patriots podcast, Paisan. And thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be back. Um, unfortunately, it's not in the greatest of circumstances. I, mm-hmm. I really thought they would be able to pull out a win on Sunday night, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I think we all were hoping that a win was in the cards for the New England Patriots, especially on Sunday night football. This is a team that knows how to play Miami well. Miami knows how to play them well, so I think everybody expected a close, tight game. But once again, the Patriots on the outside looking in when it comes to the win column. And for the first time since 2001, Steve, New England Patriots are 0-2 heading into Week 3. But we all remember the last time the New England Patriots were 0-2. Yeah, a little something called the first Super Bowl that the New England Patriots won happened that year. So it's not unprecedented, folks. Highly unlikely that this is going to repeat, but not unprecedented. Steve, we'll digress. My inner Homer is out of me right now, and I desperately need your wisdom, your counsel, and your voice of reason. I think we all do here on Locked On Patriots because one of the things about starting 0-2 if you're an NFL team is you're constantly looking for an accusatory finger to point. You're looking for someone to blame. We always look at the quarterbacks, don't we? It just always seems to come down to that. For better or for worse, the quarterback is always going to get that extra spotlight. And this week is no different. Mac Jones coming under fire. A lot within the fan base, some within the local and national media, are kind of gleefully taking a victory lap here, saying, Mac can't get it done in the clutch. He's not able to come up in the big moments. That arm is a liability. All of these things that are adding up to little more than argument fodder, uh, for lack of a better term. I really think they're more like kindling just to kind of spark the discussion that some in the region want us to be having heading into week three. The statistics, though, Steve, would say that Mac Jones has played much better under Bill O'Brien and that the ship is being righted, but it's going to take a little bit more time. In your reasonable approach to the way you handle things, my friend, please lend a thicket of intellectual wisdom and counsel on this subject. Is the blaming of Mac Jones something that is really off the rails right now when it comes to this team being owing to? Totally off the reservation on that one, man. Um, I mean, if you've watched the games, 
the, the Patriots have some issues. Mm-hmm. They probably have several issues. Right. Mac Jones isn't one of those several. No. I mean, has he been perfect? No, but he's been good. And, you know, um, when you're unable to run the football and you're unable to give your quarterback reasonable protection, you know, um, you're not going to win many games. I don't care who you are back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's running around. I thought he moved better in the pocket on Sunday night than he probably has in his entire career. And, you know, the same people that are talking about this, you know, uh, lack of clutch gene by Mac, mm-hmm. they're the same people that are lamenting Bill O'Brien for throwing so many screams. And the reason he's doing that because he does not trust the offensive line to be able to hold up. Right. The, the same thing is like with the screen passes, uh, not screens, uh, uh, lack of a uh, uh, play action. <laughs> and, you know, because everyone's been saying, well, O'Brien, that's a part of his philosophy. Right. Why aren't they doing more play action? It's because he doesn't trust the offensive line to hold up when Mac is falling back. So therefore, you know, he, he has to do what he what he can with what he has. And everything stems from the play of the offensive line. And until they get that ironed out, they're going to struggle offensively. And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I mean, it's just it's just a fact. And yeah, they they need to start faster. They need to stop the mental mistakes and the turnovers. That's all a part of it. But putting this all on Max Blake, you're not watching the games. I mean, well, let me rephrase that. Everyone watches the games, but not everyone sees the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, there is a difference, folks. There's a yes. difference between observing and actually absorbing. And I think you make a very, very interesting point and a very good point when it comes to Mac Jones. And that was lamenting Bill O'Brien's lack of use of play action. You need two things for play action. In order to make it effective and in order for it to be a viable part of your offense, Steve, you hit the first one right on the head. You need a solid offensive line to be able to block up front and hold that defensive line off to give the play action pass a chance to be able to reach its target and then do its work with yards after the catch. But you also need to facilitate that with a sound running game. And the sound running game has not been there this week. It hasn't been there for the past two weeks. And one of the big reasons why is lack of continuity on the offensive line. Patriots have talented players up there, folks. No one is suggesting that Cole Strange and Michael Wainu have suddenly lost their mojo. But this unit has not practiced together as a cohesive unit really all summer long. Wainu was on the physically unable to perform list. Cole Strange missed a large section of time. So you have to get these guys an opportunity to gel. Murph and I and Steve have talked about this constantly here on Locked On Patriots. Offensive line play is as much about continuity as it is about talent. And right now, the Patriots just haven't had that continuity. So naturally, you're going to be under fire if you're Mac Jones. Under pressure, yes, he has been better. Completing over 72% of his passes under pressure is a much better showing than what we saw last year. But he also has less than 2.5 seconds to react whenever Miami's pass rush reached its target. When you don't have that time, yeah, you can't use the running game. You can't test the secondary deep. 
You have no other choice sometimes but to kick back and take a sack. Mac took four of them on Sunday. Patriots do have some problems right now, but to lay this all on the feet of Mac Jones, I think is irresponsible right now. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking with uh, Derek Havens this morning on our uh, Patriots 4th and 2 podcast. And, mm-hmm. look, the they have a bunch of good weapons. Not great weapons, but good ones. But it, it all comes back to that offensive line. You have to have the time for your quarterback to survey the field and find one of those guys, whether it's one of the two tight ends, which I think they have two very good tight ends, or one of the several wide receivers or a guy out of the backfield. You know, it all it all comes back to the protection. And if your quarterback has to hold the ball for a second and a half, how much of the field is he actually being able to see? You know, um, and the answer is not enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they don't have the speed that Miami has. They don't have the talented guys that other teams have. Right. But they have plenty of good weapons. And, you know, do we wish they had more speed out there? Of course, you know. But the guys that they have can be successful. They just have to do a better job up front. And without that running game, again, we're I'm beating a dead horse here. But, you know, without the threat of a running game, we saw it several times on Sunday night. Miami was just blitzing right up the middle because they weren't afraid of getting caught with a run uh, that breaks through the, you know, the first line of defense or a quick pass where somebody can take that and make yards after the catch. And, you know, I think the yards after the catch were really, really low on Sunday night. I haven't seen the exact number, but I mean, how many times did we see a guy catching the ball and, and being tackled right away. Steve, before we start talking about the green side of the Meadowlands, we're going to take one last look at the Miami Dolphins. And you mentioned tackling earlier, tackling a problem on both sides of the ball, folks. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Pats defense and some <clears> of Steve's <throat> parting thoughts when it comes to Miami when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Baltimore Ravens rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers had a fine debut in week one before a more modest week two, but Flowers will go into full bloom while cruising to a big game on a weak Colt secondary at home in week three. Flowers will be schemed open well as Baltimore's new look passing game continues to find more life with quarterback Lamar Jackson. Folks, Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors... They know a thing or two about a championship team. They know it's about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same thing with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. From brake kits to LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Pats fans, thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and, of course, your first listen each and every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And, Steve, in the previous segment, we talked about Mac Jones and the slice of blame pie that's being served on his plate. I think Steve and I kind of agree here that putting a heaping portion of that blame pie on Mac's plate is a little irresponsible when you consider all the factors that are going on around him. But bottom line, a loss is a loss. And as Bill Parcells used to say, Steve, you are what your record says you are. And the Patriots are an 0-2 team. They need to make improvements heading into what is a crucial game coming up this weekend against the Jets. But you still can't move on to the future without knowing what you've done in the past to make the corrections necessary to move forward. And in addition to Mac Jones, we talked about the offensive struggles. The running backs need to get going. The wide receivers need to get more involved. The tight ends have been very good. We need to see more of that. But on the defensive side of the ball, I thought the Patriots regressed from the performance we saw against the Philadelphia Eagles two weeks ago, whereas I think the defensive line and the linebackers were excellent in that game. Uh, I think they showed uh, some uh, weaknesses in the foundation this week. You wrote about this very well for your report card, your game report card that was issued on Tuesday. What are the main differences you saw in this defensive line, this linebacker core, really the front seven overall against Miami as opposed to what we saw against Philly? Well, I, you know, watching the game, I thought Miami completely dictated, you know, um, the tempo and everything going on in this game because they won um, both battles in the trenches. I thought they dominated the Patriots in the trenches. And, you know, the, the defensive line in particular, um, they didn't do a Good job at all, I think, of setting the edge because we've seen it's, it looked kind of like that Patriot crack toss to the outside, and they were just eating them up on that. And, you know, I, I look back um, in that game, and they just, you know, when Miami rushes for 145 yards and averages almost five yards a carry and two touchdowns, that's not good enough especially for a, a defense as good as this one is. And then, you know, the, the kicker uh, of the whole thing um, was the fact that, you know, the, the final touchdown, they ran it right up the gut. Uh, Godchow and Quale were totally sealed off. There was a huge hole right there, and Mostert ran without being touched. Mm-hmm for that 43 yard touchdown. And, you know, the fact of the matter is the linebackers weren't a lot of help uh, in run support in this game. I thought Uche and um, Jelani Tavai, I thought they were constantly failing to set the edge. And even Jawan Bentley missed a couple of tackles and we hardly ever see that. Exactly. yeah, it was it was not a uh, great effort on well 
let me rephrase that. I'm not saying they didn't put an effort in. It wasn't a great performance uh, by the defense, but I do think, you know, after they had those issues, you know, in the first half with being eight up underneath with those, uh, you know, those short passes that Miami was taking because that's what they were giving. I thought they adjusted well in the second half. I thought the secondary played much, much better in the second half of the football game, but they still had issues with their run defense. Yeah, without question. And it really, it stands into line. Murph and I talked here yesterday about that three safety set, that three safety umbrella that you're going to put in the middle of the field. You're taking away the big play and credit to Mike McDaniel. He had an answer for it. And the the, uh, Miami offense had an answer for it. But when you do that and you put three safeties in the middle of the field, it's going to weaken your ability to be able to hold up up front. And the Patriots defense, unfortunately, didn't have that secondary help that they usually have, giving your front seven a little bit more help. They did make the adjustment, and they played a little bit better after closer to the second half, but the damage is done. The Pats defensive line surrendering 145 yards to the Dolphins on the ground. Raheem Mostert was responsible for 121 of those yards and two touchdowns. That's a tough day at the office. But you know that the minute we arrive, the minute the New England Patriots arrive in East Rutherford, the Jets are thinking we have to try to run the football here. Patriots were very good in being able to try to contain it in week one. Not so good in week two. Tale of two Patriots teams coming up here, folks. Steve, before we take our first look at the New York Jets, one last look at the Miami Dolphins. Any parting thoughts from this game that you believe either haven't been talked about enough or things that if you're a coaching, if you're the Patriots coaching staff, you're keeping a sharp eye on this week in practice, depending on what you saw on the field uh, on <clears> Sunday <throat> night. Well, um, one one parting comment about the Miami game, you know, they were they were on national television, and you know, for all the hand wringing about Joe Judge coming back, mm-hmm. what a uh, play design he hooked up. They had noticed something about Jake Bailey, who was with the team for several years. Right. And and when he was holding on the uh, the field goals, how he had a, a little bit of a tell. And I just thought that was absolutely brilliant that they, they saw that and they implemented something with Brandon Schooler because I'm, looking back at that play, it wasn't even close mm. to not being blocked. I mean, he was right on top of them. Uh, when he kicked it, I just thought that was brilliant. And the, the NFL being a copycat league, you're going to see that pop up with other teams. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. And, <laughs> and again, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it was one play, but it just goes to show, you know, when when the Patriots and, and several teams, mm-hmm. they all do it, really. They right. dig deep looking for any kind of an edge. And, you know, kudos to Joe Judge, Cam Acord, Joe Houston. I just thought that was a very brilliant play that they they were able to to notice. I mean, it was so subtle. And then, you know, I watched Pat McAfee, who knows a lot about special teams, mm-hmm. on his podcast, and he was talking about that on Monday. And, uh, you know, th- those are the little things that go into a game plan and – who knows? You know, if things had turned out different, that might have been a turning point. 
Yeah, and I think it had the chance to be a turning point without question. And I love the point that you made about that being shown in film rooms across the country, across the <laughs> NFL landscape, in special teams planning rooms. You know that teams are going to take a page out of that book, and it was brilliant. Uh, the minute you saw Schooler aligned out wide, you knew something special was coming. And then to see it come to fruition the way it did, um, and then Kyle Duggar chasing down to make sure he got the recovery, uh, textbook, folks, textbook. And we've said that several times. Um, one, of the better, one of the better plays you'll see in special teams anywhere in the NFL, and clearly the highlight of the night when it comes to the New England Patriots. So, Steve, we take our leave of what was a disappointing loss and we do it in a way that kind of leaves a pretty decent taste in the mouth of Patriots fans, ending on a high note. But, folks, can that high note extend into getting the Patriots into the win column? The one-and-one one Jets stand in their way of that, and this is a different team than we expected to see, or is it? Steve and I are going to discuss that point in just one moment when this episode of the Lockdown Patriots podcast continues right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on listeners, football season is here, and there is no better time to use Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sport because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and then place your entry. That's it. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. That's why they're my favorites, and I know they're going to be yours too. Prize Picks also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So don't delay, do it today. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's a first deposit match up to $100 by going to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and using the code LockedOnNFL. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Pats fans, thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on Locked On Patriots, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And don't forget, tomorrow here on the pod, Crossover Thursday, my good friend, host of Locked On Jets, John Butchko and I are going to be talking the ups and downs, the ins and outs, any type of angle you want to cover. We're going to have it covered here as we cross the streams between Locked On Patriots and Locked On Jets, getting ready for week three of the NFL season coming up this Sunday at 1 p.m. at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford. So stay locked in to Locked On Patriots for Crossover Thursday tomorrow right here on the pod. But today, folks, we are absorbing the wisdom, the counsel, the reason of my good friend and Patriots paisan, Steve Balistrieri of PatsFans.com. And Steve, those Jets are in the New England Patriots way. As the Pats hit the road for the first time this season, the Jets are one and one being quarterbacked by Zach Wilson. Do not adjust your device. Yes, the Jets are being quarterbacked by Zach Wilson. In case you haven't seen the NFL the last couple of weeks, Aaron Rodgers presumably out for the season with a torn Achilles. And obviously that puts things into different perspective. The New England Patriots, they've had great success against Zach Wilson so far. But this is also a very deep Jets team. 
What do you see in your first look, your first gander at the New York Jets coming up this week? Well, the first thing you notice is that defense. I mean, uh, they were very, very good last year. Uh, I think they're probably even better this year. Um, they're legit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They got worn down against Dallas last week because their offense was struggling. But uh, that is a very stout group. And we, we talked about the offensive line struggles for the Patriots. It doesn't get any easier. They, you know, they go from Philly to Miami to now the Jets and Dallas. So this is a, a real big test for them once again. Um, the Jets offense, I mean, like you said, hey, we're, we didn't step back into 2022 you know, mm-hmm. everyone expected this game to be against Aaron Rodgers. Right. And that would have been a whole other set of variables that we would have been looking at this mm-hmm. week. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately for Rodgers and, you know, we're not Jets fans here, but you never wish ill on anyone's oh, no. health. And for him to go down in just four plays, I mean – you know, I, I know a lot of people in that fan base were talking about the Jets being cursed, and they might have something there because that was just a horrible, horrible start to the season. You know, they went all in. Uh, they brought Rodgers in, and, you know, a lot of people were talking deep playoff run, some even Super Bowl run. Um, that Those d- hopes have been kind of dashed, and now they're back with – Zach Wilson, and when you look at this offense, uh, they have talented, you know, skill position guys, but it, it's all going to come down if Wilson can make the step of being a even a decent NFL quarterback. And now he's facing the worst of his demons because he really lost his job last year after that game in Foxborough against the Patriots. Mm, absolutely. Four previous meetings for Zach Wilson against the New England Patriots. 54 completions out of 106 attempts. 693 yards, two touchdowns, seven interceptions, 11 sacks in four games. I want to talk about a team that has your number. I don't want to say they own Zach Wilson, but the uh, New England Patriots defense clearly has an ability to be able to get to him, throw him off his game, and contain him. The Jets are going to come into this game hoping to get the Brees and Dalvin show going. They want to get Brees Hall. They want to get Dalvin Cook on track. They want to get these guys running and running the football early and effectively. If the New England Patriots can stop that and find a way to keep a cap on it, yeah, I don't think there's much mystery as to what they're going to do this week. I think that's going to be their main focus. It's can they find a way to score on this Jets defense. You're looking for an offense that needs a spark and needs to break out a little bit. It's going to be tough to do against this Jets defense, though. Yeah. That's the only thing, Steve. That's not the team that you're looking for a breakout performance against. These guys can shut you down in so many different ways. Yeah, that that defense is, is very legit um, on the Jets side. I mean, they're they're good at all three levels, but that front seven, especially mm-hmm. that front seven, is right up there among the the best uh, front sevens in football, I think. And you know. Um, it's going to be tough sledding for the Patriots, but mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I think, you know, when you have Brees Hall, you know, and Cook and, you know, 
they they're going to want to take the onus off of Zach Wilson. They want to make his throws much easier to make. If he has to throw the ball on third and one or third and two, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, they'll have the option of either throwing or running if they're in short yardage situations. And then that, and what we talked about, play action passing comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. But if they're in third and six, third and eight, you know, those type of situations where it's obviously a passing uh, down, it's going to be tough on him. And, you know, uh, on our podcast this morning, we've talked with Antoine Staley, mm-hmm. a good friend of ours, um, writes for the New York Daily News, covers the Jets. And he said, you know, obviously this week it's it's got to be establishing the run because Zach Wilson, you know, his biggest nightmares have come against New England. Right. And that has to be in the back of his mind. So they want to take – uh, a lot of those nightmares away by running the football and making the life a whole lot easier on him. And I think that's going to be key to the game uh, from the defensive side. And Steve, what can I say? I thank you for lending all of the wisdom and counsel that you always lend here to Locked On Patriots. Truly familiar. You are my Patriots, Paisan. Before I let you go, my friend, please let everyone know where they can find you and follow your great work this week heading into week three against the Jets. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing my keys to the game right now. So you can follow me on Twitter at SteveB7SFG. Uh, I write for PatsFans.com. And I, I think, you know, this is going to be another slugfest with the Jets. I think it's going to be low scoring. And whoever can protect the football and run it will probably end up winning. Because I think in a game like this, a, a turnover could be disastrous for either team. Yeah, it really could be, and that's going to be a big-time key, folks, and we're going to talk some keys toward the end of the week as well, so keep that under your hat, but don't forget, tomorrow here on Locked On Patriots, crossover Thursday, Locked On Patriots, Locked On Jets, always a lot of fun when my good friend John Butchko joins me here on the microphone, so stay locked in, folks. You're not going to want to miss that, but in the meantime, I thank my Patriots, Paisan. Tante grazie, my friend, for coming here today into Locked On Patriots and lending the wisdom, the counsel, and the reason the way only you can. But most of all, folks, I thank each and every one of you. On behalf of my good friend, Steve Balistrieri, I'm Mike DeBate, reminding you to stay safe, stay well, and to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked On Patriots.